Hey folks, what are the Redneck Country Podcast? You are on with Real Redneck Tom Miller, and of course we got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. No, it is the last non-beautiful night for a podcast. After tonight, you could say that. I'm not going to cut you off. I'm not going to go, really? I'm going to say you are correct. But as of tonight, you cannot say it yet. This is it. This is the last last crappy. Well, it better be the last go around. It's plus 10 here. This is great. Plus 10? Yeah, for sure. Whatever. What are you sitting you know. in Chemical Valley up there or something like that? There's no, no way it's plus ten up there. We are I was sitting at plus ten when I came home. It's plus six right now. I should I lied. It's plus six. So, How is it that you're way warmer than us? Because I'm hot. Yeah, because of the because of your talking up there. That's what it, it is. It's, it's in that it's sunroom all... right there. You've been out there for a half an hour getting it warm just by walking back and forth. Getting ready for the podcast. What is it? The tip of the teeth, the, the tongue, the lips, the tip of the teeth, the tongue, the lips, the tip of the blood pressure knowing that I have to sit here for an hour and listen to you raises the global warming of this entire area. The global warming. It's not a real thing, Bill. And it'll move its way south towards you. I know. You're, yeah, I know you're talking bull crap now because it's not a real thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've had my I've had my F two fifty. I was hoping it was because I've had my truck running the F two fifty out in the laneway for like a year and a half straight. Now that fuel's getting up there, I am taking one for the team. But it's still I'm waiting for palm trees to start growing up here. I'm okay with a little bit of global warming. Let me tell you. Well, that's it. That's it. Hey, um, before we get into too oh, much conversation. Yes. Are you going to introduce? Do I have to tell you this every single week? <laughs> Do you? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Every week. Selective memory loss is what you've got. Yeah, I got to reach over, flip the switch, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, yeah, sitting beside me is Patriarch Redneck Country. My father, real redneck, Domelard Dad. Is your mic hot? Yes, it is. And it wasn't the nicest walk over, but I still enjoyed it. And I've been sitting here listening, and it's not the tip of the teeth, it's the tip of the tongue, the teeth, and the lips. <laughs> were you, you in a drama have, class or something when you, you were younger? How you, do you know this? You don't speak with the tip of your teeth. Have you? Maybe some people do. You, no. <laughs> have you been? Have, have you taken like auditioned for something in the past that I don't know about? Well, it, it explains a lot when you get these sayings wrong. It's, it's yeah. explains yeah. who you are when you are. I'm not in the drama type world. <laughs> I don't care yeah. enough, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, right. I've seen your Facebook posts. <laughs> I'm auditioning every day for my yeah, own are. life <laughs> story. Yeah. So how did your week go, gentlemen? Did you guys have a, a good one? Or? We haven't really done it much. I got to think. Dad, you go ahead while I process the question. It takes a while to get the hamsters going upstairs. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 the question deserves a respectable answer, and it's just not flippant. So I'm, I'm going to give it my all. Let me Got get it. you started, Bill. Your car is really, your Volkswagen motor is really running good. I enjoyed the video of it running with that box you built. Yeah, well, we, uh, that was a, a win-loss thing for Saturday, that's for sure. I, I took some advice from a friend of mine down in Fort Erie and uh, changed some of the jets and the carburetor and uh, the timing and a few other small little things and uh, grabbed my coffee on Saturday morning, hooked the box up, put the fuel, fuel in, hooked the battery up, and sure enough, she started right up. And uh, I was able to let it idle, and it idled great for about 10 minutes. And then it got warm, and it wouldn't stay running. So hmm. the video I sent you, it uh, it was running pretty good, and all of a sudden it decided it didn't want to stay going after after it got warm. So I changed a few things with the, the carburetor setting, and I, I monkeyed around a little bit. But at the end of it, I threw the towel in, and I went on to something else, and I got, uh, I it, you know, I get frustrated with, with what I don't know. And the guys in the in the world that could listen to it, I'm sure, and say, oh, it's missing this or do this. But, you know, I, it's that uh, 95, almost, it's almost there. And then I got to hand it off to somebody <laughs> else go. to get it done. So I almost got to come out once again on Saturday morning. We but, got a golf cart we haven't been using for a while. I could send it up there. If, I mean, if you want to 
taste a little bit more speed. I don't yeah, want to no, make it uncomfortable. I, I would love to have that in my, my garage because it would actually get used instead of sitting in here <laughs> collecting all sorts of dust and dirt and stuff. But I guess turkey season is coming up, so you better get the battery charged and figure out where it is in your garage anyways. <laughs> oh. After it's been lost on a whole on, bunch of stuff. You're on fire tonight, Bill. That's two shots right out the Eat. gate. Yeah, and it's not even well, 10 minutes I into like the podcast it. yet. I know, we're five so, minutes and you got two shots. I'll let you have some. I'll let you have yeah, some every now and then. It. You got to be a little bit quicker than draw tonight there, my friend. But <laughs> no, it was Saturday and I sent the video to your dad, not you, because I knew that there would be uh, at least some positive feedback from one of the two alerts uh, if I sent it. So. I but would always I, give positive feedback. It's all in how you portray. Well, it's it's just in how you portray my feedback. I give positive. You may receive negative, but I can't change some people's outlooks on life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're not an influencer. I thought you were, but in my own anyways. world. Well, yeah. So there. That's uh, that's that. What else, uh, Don? We haven't been shooting Shooting uh, Our competition ended and that sort of thing But we haven't even been going Wednesday nights We've other things to do We we got some free tickets to the Stars games Down here So we've taken in four free Stars games Which was really great Junior B hockey if anybody yeah, doesn't know B. what the Stars yeah. And so we've been having a lot of fun Been taking my nephew and Todd's family's been going And my great nephew I should say And so we've been enjoying them Bill's been going with us We've had some fun at the hockey games. It was really great. I've been doing all kinds of walking. I up my my walk game. I got sick and tired of the wet, cold weather, and, and the, you didn't know if it was going to snow or it didn't. So I started walking at the arena, and because the walking track opened, and so I've been doing an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. Well, the other night, uh, when was it? Wednesday night, I think it was. Anyway, I did a an hour in the morning, and there no, it was Saturday. Or Sunday, Sunday it was because there was like tournament there all weekend. Re- Friday re- retirement's tough, yeah. Bill. Friday? When you don't yeah, know, I can tell you're losing track. It of went the from Wednesday no to kidding. Sunday. I never know what day it is. Right, Wednesday I, to yeah. Sunday. Well, is that a weekend? I don't know if it's a weekend. Is that a? I don't. It's a hump day. Every no, it's day's a weekend. a weekend to me. I love Mondays, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there was a hockey tournament. <laughs> I mean, a big hockey tournament. You couldn't get a place to park at our arena. And it was filled. There was games going on all day. Well, Sunday night, we had tickets to the last regular game of the Junior B Stars. And I'd walk there in the morning, and it was packed with you know, with all kinds of people. So I went back in the afternoon. It's still packed, all kinds of people. Trying to get a place to park was unbelievable. Now, this is 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm finishing up my walk. And there's a game going on. And the whole time I'm walking, the whole hour... Like this game had started before I got there, and I looked up at the up at the sign, and it was it was period number six. I kept walking. Period number seven. I kept walking. Period number eight. I finished my walk. I thought, okay, I got to sit down and watch this game because this has got to be a champion game. It was between London and Hamilton, and it's got to be a championship game because this thing is just going overtime, overtime, overtime. And I'm telling you that. There was more, oh, oh, and hollering. Like when close, one, one, it was tied at the whole game. And so I sat down at one minute left in the last period or period eight and London scored and won the game. So I came on. What a game. Yeah. What a game. So I said to Todd, you know what? We might not get, I said to Todd, we might not get, uh, uh, our game on time tonight because there was still four teams there waiting to play after that game. And this was after four o'clock. This was after five o'clock. And the games that we were going to started at seven thirty. He's on now. Now they'll, they'll move them, whatever. They'll move it to another pad, whatever. So yeah. we get there at quarter after seven for our seven thirty game. And the last game is being played, but it's still going. And then it finally ends after seven thirty. It was a championship game. All the presentations. Then the, the teams we went to watch, they got to warm up. They had some presentations and some things to do. So our game that was supposed to start at seven thirty didn't start till twenty after eight. So we were late getting home, but it was a good game, and we got to watch a little bit of the the fifteen uh, year old play minor hockey. It was good hockey too. So, so what you're saying was Todd was wrong. Yeah, they no, didn't move because no, they had to move some of those teams to the <laughs> other pad. Or we is that there's no way four four more teams playing? No yeah. way. 
Well, a couple things there I can piggyback off there. So, Saturday, I guess, right? You hooked me up with a couple tickets so to uh, there you go. to uh, Barry Colts game, which was hilarious because it started off with you going to a game in London against the uh, <laughs> London Knights and the Barry Colts, but only to find out that they weren't playing in London, they were playing in Barry. Yeah, so. dude, I got, he had tickets, and I'm like, oh, I'm in. And is it right behind the penalty box? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And then I was just about to get him. And then he's like, well, safe travels. And I'm like, oh, it's just to London. And he's like, no, it's a Barry. And I'm like, it's a Barry. I'm not driving. To, that's a $300 game after the gas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that ain't happening. But I'm like, but hey, I got your back. I know a guy. And it worked out well because Violet, that was her first game that she's gone to, you know, at first uh, the OHL hockey game. She's gone to a couple minor games with her grandfather and stuff. But it was a great game start to finish. It was back and forth, back and forth, you know, and uh, we were up a couple goals. And then by the end of it, within the last two minutes of the game, I think it was uh, London scored to tie it up and put it into overtime. And wow, three on three hockey is, is pretty exciting. There was a lot of. Uh, rushes, but at the end, the good guys won. Barry Colts came out victorious over here. Spoiler here alert, I'm only on the second period. Literally was watching it before we got onto this podcast. Were you? Oh, I that's was. unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Hey, it, it'll, <laughs> your captain got thrown around, which was kind of nice. He's a little guy, but he can skate. So, Anyways, that was that. But I tell you, we talked about shooting, too. Um, Sunday, I went to the gun club. For the first time in weeks because of all the, the weather and, and the snow and, and all that kind of stuff. And Candace and I get there and I already had tickets um, from a couple of weeks ago that we didn't didn't use where we bought. And so we signed in, got Violet all set up in the clubhouse with her book by the fire. And, and she was watching watching outside with uh, with her snacks. And we go out and uh, a couple of guys were there that I've never seen before and get out in the trap line and start you know it was four of us on the trap line for the first round and I, I shoot a 24 <laughs> I drop did you uh, really yeah got a 24 I drop I started on station two I think and then I dropped one I dropped the last one on station five and I ran I ran the rest and I came off and I was I just hung my head a little bit I'm like that's a 24 and it was an easy easy one I missed I just got lazy on on it and uh, you know Candace didn't shoot so well that one but she put me in my place in the second round because uh, she shot a shot an 18 and I shot an 18 too uh, I, it was we'll go from a 24 to an 18 is the story of my my shooting career right? <laughs> but so, it's still the weather it wasn't that great you're no, still cold. bundled up cold, yeah I shot with the same two guys again and uh, you know after that we were talking and we were and I got schooled a little bit on what a Hungarian partridge was because <laughs> I had talked forever uh, you know up north us hunting partridge and you know Hungarian partridge and he's like nope Hungarian partridge are in or they're in coveys and they don't go in bush and I'm like okay well you seem pretty confident about this. I think I'll just bow out of this conversation and say, I hunt partridge, but they're not the Hungarian kind. <laughs> so anyways, I get home and I get a text message from our mutual friend, Sandra. All right. And she's, she says, hey, you shot with my little brother today. I'm like, what? And sure enough, she sends me a picture. And one of the two guys that we've met and shot with was Sandra's little brother. No doubt. Was he the Hungarian Mark. partridge hunter? No, he was the other guy. <laughs> so there was two. Actually, they run German short hair pointers for um, up playing game and ducks and geese. I guess I don't know, but uh, they're they're dog people and um, they're, they're knowledgeable on birds and stuff. And and Mark is Sanders' little brother, and he he had been out of shooting for a long time and hadn't told Sanders he was getting back into it. And sure enough, he texts Sandra and says, hey, I was at Toronto International and I had a shot with uh, two people, uh, uh, Bill and Candace. And she's like, Bill and Candace, uh, does she do leather work? Yeah, she does really good stuff. And, and sure enough, it was Sandra's little brother that we ended up shooting with, which right is a on. small world. It's right? a sm- it is a so, small world. You always start singing? You can, but we'd lose listeners instantly. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that was right my shooting. Yeah, 24 and an 18. Back to back. That's great, eh? 24. Yeah. Mm. And it was like nothing, right? See? See? They just come Honestly, to you now. Now it's just. They were eight balls. Yeah. See? Now it's just yeah. going to come. 
Just yeah, natural. I had, my, I had my music on. I was a squad leader sitting on station two, not by choice, but just by design. And, and uh, I just went out and shot. And it, they just, they looked easy. Um, second round, I struggled a little bit because I missed one. Then I started thinking about it. And then I missed two. And then, you know, anyways, I missed a couple of easy ones on station three and a couple of easy ones off station five and then one off each of the other stations and shoot enough you're at an 18 you before you can play mentaled night, right? yourself out of it yep oh I did 100% I, I came out of the, the 24 thinking I'd run another 24 and uh, uh, I, I dropped I think my last I was squad leader on that one because we had a, a full squad and I got pushed to station one and um, you know I, I, I dropped the last one on station five and I think I dropped the first or sorry station one and I dropped the first one on station two because i was just thinking about the loss of you know it's just it's all mental it is the more you shoot the more you get get locked in there so yep. it's all good it's right all right. Right there's on. an ata shoot this weekend i don't think i'm gonna go got enough stuff going on we're going to the ball game my brother uh, myself and the, our families are gonna get together and go to the ball game this coming sunday in toronto in toronto really yeah. You know, there's oh, hockey yeah. games on too, right? Just, uh, yeah, yeah. Throwing that well, out there. Okay. <laughs> All games are more important. So, anyways, that's that. So, right on. I don't know if I should even ask what you did because you had enough time to think about it now that maybe some. Oh, and really, that's all. Dad so. covered it. We had gone to hockey games. It was pretty much it. But what I'm going to do, which might be our topic on the next conversation, I got a message from a couple buddies that, that you know because they've been on the podcast before. And they're like, hey, Todd, we've got a charter lined up this Thursday to hit the Detroit River for some walleye. Are you in? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. So this this Thursday, I'm going uh, I'm going fishing. Hmm. We're going on really? a charter On a boat? On a boat and, it, and it's not with Nick I messaged him And I apologized I said look I have nothing to do with this I was asked I was invited And I did not con- So just to give you A heads up You may hear Or see that Or we may even see you You got <laughs> your Dancing shoes on tonight <laughs> so, Dancing around I'm like It's not with Pond Predators But Yeah, yeah he's mm. like Oh all good All good but but yeah, yeah, so the weather's supposed to be awesome. They're they're, they're starting to hit. Nick posted some pictures yesterday. Said that they're he's starting got to pictures and uh, he's doing well. Yeah, yeah. I guess last week yeah, he was getting a little irritated because of the wind and stuff like that. It was pretty tough to get out on the water. Um, yeah. But but now that that wind's kind of calmed down, it's supposed to get nice. Like it's supposed to be like plus fourteen. Well, I don't know yeah, what that is for our American here, folks. Plus thirteen, plus it's, thirteen here. It's, it's gonna not rain but. here. <laughs> oh, you mean on Thursday? Yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, yeah for plus us, 18. yeah, it's gonna be like plus fourteen or something. No rain is what I got. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of pumped. Yeah, you you get the best day of the week because Thursday is no rain up uh, yeah. down your way. So. Yeah. So I'm hitting the Detroit River, well. going to the Big Looking D. Forward. You got to bring anything for gear? Do they Nothing. That's what I said. What do I? What do I got to bring? Uh, just yourself and some snacks. Piece no. of cake. So your wife's going to pack you a snack pack? Well, I hope so. I seen this. She sent me this meme the other day, and I hope she comes through with it. It was so that the the tackle boxes, right? Like I got a big Lunker Hunt gym bag that I put on my kayak, and it holds a whole whack load of those um, Plano tackle. I don't know what you want to call them separated plastic packs. Right. So, and I got a bunch in my, I got a milk crate, plain old milk crate gig that holds a bunch. So she, she sent me one that had one of those and it says, when you got to go fishing, but you need a charcuterie, some charcuterie with it. And it was one of those, but it was packed with crackers and like each little compartment had different types of cheeses and crackers and dips and all of that. And I'm like, hmm, that would make a perfect thing for Thursday. That would be uh, like grown up snack pack right there. Right. Yeah. And I I'm like, hmm, okay I think, I think, I think she should test out her skills. Yeah. She said well, to me, not me. So I mean. Right? Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> yeah, right. so. Might be cheese slices. Getting <laughs> close to turkey on season two. Like it is. It is. We got sp- dad, we got a spot at another one. Sorry, go ahead. My dad sent me pictures. I don't know if I shared this in the last podcast or not, but he's got turkeys that are like around in his field. He's up in the Ottawa Valley, and uh, he counted 40 birds in the field the other night. 
Wow. Flocked up yeah. still 40 birds. Still That's 40 good. birds in that flock. And he said, well, he's got, um, right on his driveway, had two toms and three hens. And the two toms were in full strut on his driveway, um, between the house and his big shop there. Just putting on a show. It was raining, raining, I think Friday or Thursday or something. And, and putting on a show right out in the front, front, front yard. And I'm like, That's not even a sporting shot. For right. Table, Another three know? weeks, your brother with his jammies and his crossbow, he's good to go. <laughs> yeah. He's already got it scoped out, I think. Yeah. Come right out the garage door and sneak around. But yeah. That's, that's easy hunting. That, you don't need to get up early for that yeah, one. No, that ain't hunting. No, that's, uh, that's cherry picking. Just slide the is, window so. open and let it rock. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So we're getting close. I saw five deer tonight, too, which is the first time I've seen deer in forever, too. So. I haven't been out. Nature is waking up. I haven't been out. There's not a whole lot of deer from here to the arena. So aside from that, I haven't, I haven't been out to see much, but, but we do have permission on a new turkey spot, which where we deer hunted and I've had lots, I've had 12 or 14 toms, however many sitting in there. Megan was with me in the tree stand and it come through that woods right underneath us, just in a line, like in, in deer season. So it's in winter when the, they kind of separate, right? The toms flock up, the hens flock up and uh, there had to be 14. 10, 12, 14, there was a whack load. I could just coming through and you could hear the crash and coming through the woods. I'm like, is that a deer coming? Megan, is that a deer coming? And then next I'm looking and I'm looking and then next I go, oh, oh, there's a turkey. Oh, there's another. And they're in a line coming through the woods like a bunch of ticked off teenagers. And the front one would go back and he'd kick the one third back and it would fly up and it would go around and kick the sixth one back and go back and coming through it, just making a ruckus, kicking each other, fighting all the way through, right underneath us and right up the side hill. So It is amazing how much noise they make. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was like a freight train coming through there so i said to dad we see see if we can hunt in there so we're good to go we're gonna we're gonna sneak in there hopefully and there's a couple other spots that i'm hoping he gets out to ask permission because i'm too busy to do so Mm. yeah i got some plans in the next week i've been waiting for the little nicer weather but i don't know if it's ever going to come but yeah i got plans to go to a few places i was thinking about that today yeah, it's, it's about the right time to get out there and start making contacts. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to stick to the county bush again this year. I've got a couple uh, bushes. I haven't walked it since last year, uh, deer hunting season, but I'm going to take uh, Canis out, like I said to you uh, on the last podcast or one before. But um, it's just going to be exciting to get out in the woods again and, and start to, to hear the gobblers and, and you know, be the true almost guy that I am, right? <laughs> yeah, but Candace is with you, so you'll harvest something. Yeah, uh, well. I've had a few people hope. stop by when I've been out kind of raking a little bit, just doing a few things in the yard. Not much because it's been bad weather. I've had a few people say, hey, when are you going to bring that car home? As soon as the weather turns, as soon as I get a nice day. And it hasn't been nice yet here at all. Soon. Soon enough. It's coming. Easter weekend maybe for you. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, right So where are we going tonight? Well, and before we get into a fishing podcast and some turkey podcasts, which are definitely going to be coming, yep. I guess we're going to carry on with one more days of lead because we are almost to when excellence had entered this world. Well, really? Yeah, spoiler alert. Todd gets born tonight. Oh, no, he doesn't hunt, but he excellence. gets born tonight. I thought you were talking excellence. Yeah, yeah. extreme well, excellence. That's yeah. well, well, the difference. He's not hunting yet. There's no way, but he gets born tonight. I don't think your dad heard that one because I think that was a pretty good joke. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Say it again. It's not excellence. It's ex lax. Yeah, I, I heard it because he can it. relate. I was like, where? Where? Why is that? Why was that imperative that he listened to that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good grief! Yeah. So anyway, I was going to put it in perspective. And mm. uh, yeah, because okay. I, I sent you a couple pictures, right? Yeah. And uh, the first one is my wife and I were in high school and we were dating. And the second one is prom night. I took her to the prom and we graduated in 66. We got married in 68. All right. So anyway, we graduated in 68 and I was 20. When we got married, or got married in 68, I was 20, she was 19. And we had a house picked out, and I, we had bought the house, but we weren't old enough to own a house. You had to be 21 to own a house. Really? Yeah. So my mom, she was the one that, that actually was on the listing as buying the house with our money. 
And then when I turned 21, I bought it from her for a dollar. And then when my wife turned 21, she was added on to the listing of owning the house. She couldn't even be on the listing until she was 21. No, nope. couldn't even be on the listing until she's turned 21. You weren't allowed to own property until you're 21. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. So anyway, my daughter was born in 76, and Todd was born in 78. I was started hunting when I was 15. So by the time Todd was two years old, I had been hunting for 17 years. So my wife knew I hunted because I've been hunting since I was 15. So she, the whole time I'm dating her, I'm hunting. When Todd was two years old, here's a tip that I don't know whether it will work today or not. But I realized that if you got a two-year-old and if people look at you like, okay, you're a responsible adult. I said this to Bill man. last year when you were going to get turkey permission, remember? Take that sweet little violet to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. You know? Excuse me, sir. Can I hunt with my dad? Who's going to say no to her? Deal seal, <laughs> right? How do you, yeah, how do you argue with that? Heck, yeah. I should rent my kids out. Well, I've been hunting 17 years at right this now. point. So a lot of these stories you've heard were old stories. And now I believe it's getting to the point now where we're starting to look for permission in places. Because I can remember uh, this one place I, I took Todd with me to get permission. We were out driving around looking for ducks. And we saw some ducks go into a, uh, a wild, a wild, a stock, a livestock watering pond. And all the farms had livestock watering ponds, whether whatever they had, they had these ponds in the back 40 or somewhere on the farm where these things would fill up with water. And that's where the stock got watered. And I noticed some ducks going in there. So we went in and I said, come on, Todd, let's go. And this is back when there were no car seats seat belts or nothing yeah. i mean you, todd <laughs> would stand on the, yeah todd would stand on the seat next to me while i was driving and every time you come to slow down or stop you put your foot in the brakes the right hand came out automatic it was just automatic foot on the brake right hand goes around the kid standing next to you so yeah. doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't this do sound safe yeah, and yeah. That, that's what yeah. you did yeah they, that kid stood those right days up. too yeah they stood right against you on the on the seat and you, your arm just came right out to hold it in place on turns, stops. It was automatic. And so anyway, we get out and we go in. And I, so I went up to the door and I said, uh, we noticed some ducks going back in that watering hole back there. Do you mind? Uh, I said, I'm out driving around with my son here. and we, I'd like to come back on Saturday and maybe see if I could harvest a few of those ducks. And he says, ah, no, go ahead. I said, I'd like to take my son and walk back there and... And he's only two years old. He's just a short little guy. And see what we can see. So oh, go ahead. Yeah, help yourself. You're welcome to come back Saturday. So I don't know if it would work today or not. I don't know. Today. With Todd? Let, let, let's Todd face not. it. It would work today if I, I. That's why I don't go out. Because I like to have a sporting chance for the animals. So, Understood. Yeah. Like not to yeah. sound cocky arrogant. But if I go ask, I mean, it's just going to melt. People just, they melt. Just again. Yeah. It's like, well, can I, can, can I get your autograph? And then they you can hunt back into the house and close the door. <laughs> Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah, there's a reason we send dad. But to the now, door. that's what I was going to say. Now, just, just magic. Yeah, now Todd sends the old guy. The old senile yeah. guy. Maybe yeah. I need to rethink yeah. this. And so <laughs> I go up. Yeah. Now, say I noticed something back there. We're looking at your place. I was wondering if myself and the boys could come in and hunt. So the boys aren't there. So you, they, he doesn't know how old the boys are, but me and the boys. So I don't know whether I get an advantage. Todd seems to think I get an Used advantage. Used to. Now I wonder if they're like, he's going, um, can I fish? No, hunt. Um, shoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, well, done. Thing. Um. I guess it come, becomes a, a, a turning point here when the older guys become a liability to the right. They're like, so well. I, don't, I don't think you're there yet, Don. But. <laughs> Let me call my insurance broker first and I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, that, that punt, we went back on Saturday. Todd didn't. Wayne Travis and I did. We went back on Saturday. So we we figured there'd be ducks in there, and it was early morning, not real early, but mid-morning. We figured there'd be ducks in there. So we snuck up, and sure enough, we could hear ducks in there chuckling. And there was, it was flat. I mean, whatever was in the field was harvested. It was flat. And so we were just kind of low. It wasn't really a crawl, just a crouch, trying to get as close as we could before the ducks went up. 
And the ducks on the other side of the pond sauce before the ones on this side of the pond sauce. <coughs> Excuse me. So anyway, we we get up close. We're close enough to shoot now. And the ones on the far side sauce, and up they go. So we both shot twice. We both dropped a pair of ducks. I know I shot a third time. I'm not sure if Wayne shot a third time or not. I thought I'd got three, but we only found the four. And I can still remember hunting, and it was flat. I mean, there was nothing floating in the water. There was nothing on the bank. There was nothing in the field. We only could find the four. So it must have been me, or I've been thinking maybe one of the ones Todd Wayne or Wayne shot that I might have shot at it the third time. I don't know, but but uh, we got four. So we were happy. We got four nice ducks out of there. So then we go back to the car. So now we're driving around again, and we got no real place to go. But around the block, way at the back of this other field, I mean, two fields in, we see three ducks come across the road, fly to the back of this field, keep going, fly to the back of the next field, do a circle and drop in right on the fence line up against a woods, field and woods. And I said to Wayne, that's got to be another pond. That's got to be another watering hole for livestock. I says, come on, let's walk in and see if we can get those three. And Wayne says, nope, I ain't walking that far for three ducks. He says, I got a pair, I'm happy. I says, we're out duck hunting. That's too far. That's two fields. I'm not going. I said, well, I'm going. So I went right up the fence row. I got pretty close to the water, and I could see that it was water, and I could see the weeds were really high. So I thought, okay, I can go over the fence now and get into the field that the pond is in. I left the wood side of the fence, or wood side of the, yeah, the wood side of the fence. I went over the fence, and now I'm using the weeds to get close. And when I got right to the edge, I stood up in those weeds, and there were six ducks on the pond. And they took off, and I had my Model 12, and I just took my time, drop one, drop two, drop three. I thought, oh, wonderful, got a triple. But Wayne was so far back, sitting in the car, away from it all, he saw three ducks fly away. He heard my gun, he couldn't see me, and he saw three ducks fly away. Well, I'd shot those three lower than what he could have seen them. They never come up high enough for him to see. So I gathered them up, I threw some rocks and stuff in the water to get ripples, and they, the two that were in the water kind of washed close enough to shore so I could get them. So I come walking back, and I kind of... Uh, had the ducks behind my back and he says you don't have to try and snow me he says he says uh, you ain't got any ducks back there and I says what do you mean I ain't got any ducks back there he says you're pretending you got three ducks behind your back he says I saw those three ducks fly away and I pulled them out and I says nope there was six and if you'd have come with me we might have got ten today instead of seven and he went oh and so that next picture I sent you that's me. I don't know if I sent you that picture before in a group, but that picture was me with my five ducks that I sent you. So I got pretty good bag limit for uh, yeah. for a day of shooting. That's yeah, we got you seven. Get a like that. We got seven, and if he'd have went for the walk, we might have got more. But he didn't yeah. want to walk that far. So well, that was his loss. That's it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, those. Those watering holes, they're not as prevalent anymore either with fields, tiling. I mean, you could do this. You could drive around and look for wet spots and, and flooded spots. And, and, and all my stories have, have said that to you. It just not as many wet spots today. It just doesn't happen. So no. I can remember it was just shortly after that we decided to go. We do a gross hunt on a Saturday. So we went to do this gross hunt. There was, uh, there was two or three of us. And <clears throat> where we went... There was a house on the other side of the creek where we walked in. And there was like a, a, a kind of a ravine with a creek going through it. And then it broke out into brush and fields. But there was a house right on the road, the other side of the creek, where we walked in. And they owned a black and tan, a big black and tan hound. what we called him, black and tan. That was his colors. And the first time we went in there to hunt grouse, all of a sudden we got this black and tan following us. Kind of scared us at first. Well, where'd he come from? And then we realized he was from the house and he wanted to hunt with us. And he started putting up rabbits. He started putting up grouse. We thought, oh, this is okay. So this particular day, he's going along with us. Did he know what to do? He knew what to do. 
It was incredible. And I... Like he'd chase the rabbit out enough that you could get a shot without worrying about him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he'd put a rabbit out and he'd chase him. But the rabbits were fast. And he'd he'd just range back and forth until a rabbit went out. I mean, we didn't take shots if he was right on his tail, but we were safe with it. But he'd also, when he was in there ranging for rabbits, he'd also put grass up. Well, once they're up in the air, they were fair game. So Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. So... This was the first time, the story I'm going to tell you, but we decided to go there more than once. And if he didn't join us and we didn't see him, I'd whistle, hoping he was wherever he was, he could hear me. Sure enough, he would come. We never hunted in there without that dog. And I don't even know who the owner was, but he hunted with us. And when we come back to the car, he was happy. He just went back to the house. Yeah, it was cool. You never found out who the owner was. Oh, I never. No, we never knocked on the door. We never crossed the creek until we were way back in, and then we crossed the creek. But that dog had free reign in there. He had free free run. But it seemed that I don't know if he chased rabbits on his own or whatever. But he sure went for us. He sure went with us, and he loved it. So I'm walking along on my side of the creek, and it's it was a steep bank down to the creek. So I'm on a 45 degree angle on a bank walking 10, 15 yards up the side. And the dog is ranging on the other side of the creek all through the brush. And I'm just walking along that side, watching him, watching in front of me, watching him. Next thing I know, here's a rabbit and it's coming. It's coming not at me because it's the other side of the creek, but it's going to run to me and by me down below me on the other side of the creek. And the dog starts to bark. And he's chasing it. Well, I get the gun up, and he's right down below me. And that dog makes a makes a or the rabbit makes a jump over top of a fallen log. And right in mid jump, when he's going over the log, I swing in front of him. I pull the trigger. The rabbit comes down into the bush, and then I don't see it in the underbrush. I don't see it running. I don't know where it's going. The dog comes along. I thought, okay, I'll watch the dog. The dog comes along, jumps that log, keeps on going, barking. I thought I must have missed it because he's still barking and still running. The dog went down the creek, made a a left into the bush, made a big circle and come right back to that log. Next thing I know, he pulls that rabbit out from under the bush, the other side of the log, and he's chomping on it. And I can hear the bones crunching. I did get it. So I'm, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) I ran down and, and, uh, whoa, boy, whoa, 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 easy, easy. So he let me take it out of his mouth, but he'd crunch the ribs. I thought, okay, well, that's not a big deal. I cut the ribs off anyway. There's no meat on them. So I got it out of his mouth. Well, then, uh, of course, he's sitting there looking up at me. And I thought, I wonder if this dog, like I used to hunt with a friend with a lot of beagles, and we'd feed him the hearts and the liver. I thought, I wonder if this dog's the same. So I always gutted my rabbits. I think Todd told you this. You didn't when you guys didn't when you went because you wanted the hides. <laughs> well, that and we forgot our knives. Yeah, and we forgot our knives. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I hold them up by their front legs, the heads hanging down at the back. So I stick the knife in the V of the ribs, like the ribs come down uh, right up in the right in the V, and uh, where the rib, I stick the knife in, angle it down, and I slice the belly open and right down to the anus. I open them right up. Then I turn the knife over and come up through the rib cage and actually cut the rib cage in half right up to the neck. Then you stick the gun or the knife in behind in the rib cage and in behind, and you just flick the knife along be- underneath the the sinew there that against the backbone and the top half of the guts drop down. There's a couple more little knife flicks down lower, and then all the guts just fall right out of it. Uh, right onto the ground. I take the back legs, the front legs, fold them together. Now he's folded inside himself, put him back in my my game pack and my coat. Makes for a lot light carry. Oh, it does. And yeah, the blood compact. doesn't run all over because the blood, a lot of the blood's drained out. And then when you fold them up, they're, the, the cut open side is up in the back of your backpack. Well, anyway, that dog lapped up the liver and the heart. And away he went hunting again. And so... He did put up a few grouse that day and a few a few rabbits. Well, then we came to a spot in the creek, and there was ducks. And I thought, oh, my goodness, is this dog, what's he going to do with ducks? Will he retrieve them or not? And I didn't, I didn't know whether he's going to scare them, so I hustled up. I got as close as I could. And he wasn't interested in these ducks at all. He just wanted to range through the stuff looking for rabbits and grouse. And so I managed to get right by him, and I got up to the creek close enough 
that when the ducks came up, I shot a few, and all he did was look. He didn't retrieve them. He didn't go after them. He couldn't was, have cared less. No, couldn't have cared less. So we, we did get a, a, a few ducks that day in that creek as well. What a mixed bag. You know, and that's, that's awesome how you guys can do that. You could have done that back then. And, you know, who was a dog that wasn't even yours? Didn't have to feed yeah, it. Didn't have to right. bring it home. Yeah. Didn't have to. <laughs> Don't, story, take the moral, off it. Yeah. Moral of the story is not all farm dogs are bad dogs. No. <laughs> he was it. a good sized dog. He, he kind of scared us at first with his black and tans looking at oh, us. Oh, man. I've had him come up and stare at you at the tree stand and be at the bottom barking at you. And you're thinking, yeah. if I get down, is this thing going to tear me apart? Yeah, no, he wasn't barking nothing. He just, oh, he, he wanted And I to bet hunt. you that dog wasn't even trained, you know. Uh, yeah. He was on a just cattle firm. And yeah, I just instinct, yeah. Uh, my, my grandfather had a border collie because he had a 300 acre cattle farm up in the Ottawa Valley and he had you know 82 head of uh, beef cattle, and that was his, his, his livelihood. And in the summertime, I'd go up and help him out. And sure enough, he'd always have a dog. And uh, that one summer I went up there, and the dog uh, was an excellent groundhog hunter, he was <clears throat> phenomenal. No. No training whatsoever. My grandfather definitely worked with him for cattle and stuff and definitely worked with, uh, uh, you know, not for hunting at all because my grandfather didn't hunt very much. He'd go out the odd time for the 22 and, uh, you know, in the ATV and go for a, for a ride up the, the road, you know, on the farm if there was a, a, a groundhog that was causing problems in the, the hay field or something. But as a rule, but me being up there for the summertime, I would every night, hustle to get my chores done, hustle to get the the, the uh, dinner done. And then the dog and I would go for a walk. And sure enough, that dog, I'd uh, see a groundhog out there at however much, however distance it was. And that dog would be pinpointed on that groundhog and sit right beside me until I pulled the trigger. And as soon as I pulled the trigger, whether I shot that groundhog or missed, it was gone. Tearing off right across this field, tearing but across this field right to where that groundhog was. And if I hit it, he'd pick that groundhog up uh, out of the hole, flip it over and make sure it was dead and then look at me like, you know, how good of a job he did. But uh, no training whatsoever, but 100% instinct. It's just amazing. Yeah, and I don't even know if the owner hunted. We never ever saw anybody in there hunting ever, and then we went. But this dog would show up on the way on the way back out. We'd do a big circle and we'd come back out, and we're, now we're getting close to where the house. We're, we're behind the house. We know the dog's gonna. We're gonna head up on the road. The dog will leave us. Well, right at the last, just before we get to the road, a rabbit goes out, and the rabbit goes in front makes a big circle and comes back along the ridge that goes like the side of the hill because we're kind of down in a, in the valley for the stream. And it was heading up the side of the hill and that dog was about 15 yards behind it. I followed the rabbit and he come right up to an open spot right on the side of the hill. I pulled the trigger. I went by him, pulled the trigger and that he disappeared. And then that dog just kept coming and he got to where I shot and that dog pretty near turned inside out trying to stop and turn around and he he rolled part way down the hill and he got up and he ran back up the hill and he was going right and left and I thought oh I better get over there he's looking for that rabbit he's going to crunch it and I went over there and he's still looking and I'm still looking I couldn't find the rabbit and then I realized that when I shot and he disappeared he went right into a hole on the side of the hill I shot in front of him and he stopped short and went right into a hole. Well, then the dog realized that he, he wanted to dig that hole out. He could smell that rabbit in there, but it, it was that he never dug it out. We left. He went back up and he stood on the top of that hill and watched the sleeve. It's kind of like, don't go, guys. We were having too much fun. So, That's it. Yeah. When I got home, took the ducks downstairs, down into the laundry room to clean them. The kids followed me down my daughter and Todd. The next picture I sent you, my daughter's kneeling down, two ducks in front of her and she's holding one up. And Todd is standing there with my hunting hat on, looking down and the look on his face, you explain that look to me. Does he look like he's scowling? Like what's that, what's my oh, sister yeah. doing holding that? You see that look Hold on, face? what are we talking about? He looks a little bit upset, put off. Like uh, I got my hunting hat on and she's holding the birds. So yeah, he, yeah. He, he pouted back then too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's three, Bill. I'm counting them. <laughs> but it, dude, look at those overalls. Are they not? I tell you what, I'd rock them if I had them today. They, they match the jacket I'm currently wearing. Actually, red and black plaid. Yep, absolutely. I, I tell you what, those are those are pretty wicked. How come you don't have a duck in your hand? 
Yeah, why? Why, Dad? Is it, is it because I, I you, no you wanted that one? I have no you idea. You didn't want to touch the touch touch <laughs> <at> that age, <laughs> did you? I, that's what I said. I don't remember. I just know that I took the picture and you really looked. I was probably thinking, Dad, why'd you shoot these little ducks? I shoot <laughs> big ones. Look at the size of them ducks. They're about the same size as Todd, actually. Yeah. yeah. They look good. Yeah, well, good grief. So well, how long uh, how long after that did you take him out into the woods? Oh, he was. Did he ever go when he was that young? No, just he to, got, to sit in the. No, well, no, he no, he never went hunting with me. When he was that young, uh, always there when I got home with the game. And yeah. actually, he started before he could hunt. He probably started going with me deer hunting and different things. And then when he oh, turned, I remember deer hunting. That was boring as heck. Yeah, that was uh, like eight. And then when he turned fifteen, all of a sudden he got the bug you wanted to hunt you want to and i said to him how come you didn't like it earlier he says i couldn't carry a gun i couldn't shoot nothing heck with it I well i'd go it. rabbit he hunting and i'd carry the rabbits but then so we'd stop on a side road and there's a pop can and so i'd sit on dad's knee and pull the trigger and that model 12 it would knock us over do you remember that oh yeah it put us on the ground when i pulled that trigger well that ain't fun That's and then fun. i was working at the gun club as a trap boy and so then dad would come out and shoot traps so i'm like hey yeah like i'm gonna shoot trap and i was 12 and i mean i was i mean you wouldn't know it by looking at me now bill but back then i was a small 12 fairly thin maybe like 75 pounds 70 pounds <laughs> like i was little and so i put that model 12 up and try to shoot dad would stand behind me and catch me when i pulled the trigger yeah. and well you shoot 25 targets like that it's not fun no it's not fun. you can't pick the gun up after after 25 because your arm's sore and, oh, and bruised and, and like yeah. yeah and dad standing behind you catching you after every trigger pull it's just not fun making, so you do that sure you don't drop the gun and that's, that's yeah like part. i was cognizant of that because i was like i it, it wasn't fun for me so put it out of your head right so yeah. i'm i'm cognizant yeah. with that with my daughters with with megan so with megan when i got her to shoot at the gun club i had a what 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 gauge was that so it wasn't a 16 gauge maybe it was 16 gauge 1100 terry's terry jordan's 1100 that he yeah. had yeah i think yeah. it was a 16 gauge i remember that now might have been 28 gauge yeah. well I don't even remember. I sent you one more picture, one more story. It was not a four ten, and it was not a twenty gauge. Yeah, I think it was a twenty eight. No, we never had a twenty eight, unless it was Terry's. No, it was Terry's. I think it might have been Terry's twenty eight gauge. So she could she could hold that right, and because it's all about the strength in your forearm too, trying to hold that gun up when you're that small. I mean, it's not everything isn't about recoil. Recoil is a factor, but it's also trying to hold that gun up when you're that age. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was cognizant of that, but yeah, that's why I didn't. Oh, when you're little like that, there's no gun that fits you. It ain't fun. No, not fun at all. I remember a couple but, weeks later, I'm, I don't know where I was. I can't remember where I was, but I remember it must have been a Friday night, and I'm heading home and because I know there's a Halloween party that night at the church. And I'm thinking, okay, the kids got the costumes. My wife and I got costumes. We're going to go. We're going to have a blast. I got to get home. Uh, I get ready for this Halloween party, and I'm driving by my buddy's house, Boone Green, I pray. And he lived right next door to a gravel pit. And so I took over in a gravel pit, and here was five or six geese sitting in the middle of the gravel pit. And I went, oh, my goodness. I wonder if Boone knows they're there. And I was already by. I thought, okay, I'm going back. So I raced home, grabbed my coat, grabbed my gun, and I raced back out and knocked on, on Boone's door, and he's getting supper ready. And I said, Boone, there's there's five or six geese out in the gravel pit. They're still there. Grab a gun. Let's see if we can get them. Said, I can't. Millie will be home in five minutes. He says, I got supper almost ready. I can't turn it off. Like there's, there's no way. He says, you go on and see if you can get some. Well, his oldest son, Michael, he's a little older than Todd. I don't know how many older than, older, years older than you were at that time, but he's a little older, but at, uh, he might have been 10 or 10 or 11 and you were probably two or three. So anyway, Michael says, I'll come out with you. All right, let's go. So Michael and I, we sneak back through there. And sure enough, there they are. They're swimming around in the gravel pit. And we get behind some gravel piles. And I, I give a couple of calls. And they're uh, they're coming closer. Mike says, they're coming. They're coming closer. They're going to come out from behind this pile of gravel right here. And you're going to be able to see them right in the pond. Because he was back in the bush watching. I said, okay, good. Get up here beside me. I need to know where you are. Sure enough, they swam out. Where I could see them, I stood up, up they went, and I got a triple. Kawoom, kawoom, kawoom. 
three of them come right down into the pond. And Mike says, you got three, you got three. Awesome. I said, well, I don't know if it's awesome. There isn't a bit of wind. How are we going to get them out of there? <laughs> they are floating in the pond. They're going to float there for hours. And all I could think about was, I got to be home. That's a big gravel pit to boot. It's yeah. not a pond. Yeah, it, it was huge. And I thought, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? And so Mike says, hey, he says, brother Danny, he says, Danny and I got an old boat we play around in. He says, I think it'll hold water long enough for we drag it over here. It'll hold water long enough to go out and get them and come back in. We play around in here and we got to come in every few minutes and bail it. So it's an old wooden paddle boat, like a, a flat bottom boat. I said, really? He said, yeah, we got to hit in the weeds over here. I said, well, let's go see. So sure enough, we dragged it over. Because <laughs> that doesn't have disaster written all over it. Well, no. That no. was somebody else's 11-year-old son yeah. <laughs> going to well, go out into a gravel pit in a boat that barely holds water. Yeah. Well, there's no way. Barely, barely stays afloat yeah. on water. Michael says to me, he says, Mike says, well, you can't get in because it'll take on water too quick. But he says, without Danny, I can get, I can get them and bring them in. And I said, okay, if you get in trouble, let me know. If I have to swim for you, I will. So sure enough, he paddled out. He got him in, and he paddled back before it took on too much water. We dragged it up. We dumped it. We hit it back in the weeds. I stopped at the house, showed Boone the three geese. He says, you really got three of them? I said, yep. And if it wasn't for Michael here, I'd have still been waiting for him to figure out how to get them out of the water. <laughs> so, you know, and Mike was beaming from ear to ear. And, and Mike hunted with us. Danny never did, but Mike grew up and hunted with us. And he hunted with us for a long time, hunting deer and everything, didn't he, Todd? Yep. And uh, so anyway. Yep. I hunted deer in our spot with us forever. Yeah. So so anyway, I raced home. And I went in the backyard. I said, Glenda, get the camera. I need a picture. And that picture you got is Todd kneeling next to me. I got my coat, my gun, and the three geese, and that's Todd kneeling next to me in that picture. It's got his Halloween costume on and everything, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's my jammies, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it looks like looks like. That's, uh, that's a great story. I mean, making something happen, you know, yeah. just you could have you passed that by and just kept on going and not even bothered even going back. But great yeah. picture, great story, great memory with the, the young lad oh, there. Yeah. All I remember is my wife saying, don't you be late for that party because she knew <laughs> yeah. Once I get out and I thought, oh, I'm going to be late. How am I going to get these in here? Michael came through. She but, may be little, yeah. but she's fierce. Now, I didn't do a whole lot of hunting uh, after, like when Todd got a little older. And Todd got into a lot of things, a lot of sports. He he uh, he wanted to play traveling hockey. He got into hockey. He got into baseball. He got into football. He got into everything. And so as a family, my daughter, she got into roller skating, tap dancing like we were going. And so every time we go anywhere or drive in the car, I'd be I'd be looking for ducks. She says, what are you doing? I said, I'm just looking for ducks flying. I'm looking for wet holes. And my wife just you know, she said, you never got over this. I said, get over it. I'm never getting over it. You know, yeah. but, but we didn't do a lot because the kids were so busy. So I'm going to that's that's the thing though it yeah. comes in in cycles and that's I was talking to to Mark Sanders' uh, brother and he said that he, this is the first time he's been back at trap club in six seven years because of the fact that you know when kids are small <laughs> they take up a lot of your time with what their sports are and with what they're doing and it just when it'll come back when the time is right yeah so I, I want to jump to one of those times. Uh, and there isn't a lot of pictures that I can share with you if I did do any hunting during those times because I just, I just don't remember doing a lot during those times. But this is after Todd turned 15 and he got he really wanted to hunt. And so I'm working in St. Mary's and I'm driving back and forth. And I saw this place on the Thames that would hold ducks and geese on the bend. And I stopped one night on the way home from work and I walked in. And I shot a couple of ducks. I shot a couple of geese. And I thought, that's a good place to go. Should come back on the weekend and set here. Instead of just sneaking in because you're sitting here, come back on a Saturday morning. So I went home, told Todd about it, and he said, oh, I'd really like to go. Rick had, was hunting. Rick had started about the same time Todd did. We, they, all, they both got their license. This is my son-in-law. They both got their licenses about the same time. And so anyway, I said, okay, well, Saturday, we'll go back Saturday. Well, then I had a work assignment. Jim Barnes, the production manager, and I, we had to go to Thorold, a plant in Thorold, one of the, the Dana plants, and I couldn't go. So I said, 
they Todd and Rick said, do you mind if we go? No, go ahead. I'll show you right where the spot is. You guys go. So all I can think about all morning at work, I wonder how the boys are doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Side note, we're not going to say where this is. No. Because there is a lot more to this story. <laughs> Full disclaimer, did it really happen? Allegedly, this story Allegedly. happened. Allegedly. But, but the part I'm going to tell you is happened. So all I can think about is, and I said to Jim, I said, I wonder how the boys are making out. They went hunting, didn't they? We're on our way home. I said, I said, yeah, I should call Todd and see how they made out. They're probably still there. They're probably still sitting on that bend hunting. I said, I'm going to give a call and see how they're doing. So sure enough, phones at this time. So I called Todd. He answered. And I said, hey, it's Dad. How you doing? He says, okay. He says, hold on. Hold on. I can't talk to you right now. I got to put this down. They're coming in. And he put the phone down. And I thought, okay, he's playing with me. You know, because he's just pretending there's something coming in. He knows it's bugging me. I can't be with him. So I, <laughs> Would I do that? So Jim, Wait, is, does that sound like something I would do? Yeah. So Jim says, where'd he go? <laughs> I said, I don't know. He said, hold on. And then he was on speakerphone. I said, I don't know. He said, hold on. They're coming in. And all of a sudden we hear the calls <laughs> over the phone. And then we hear what sounds like the geese answering them. And I says, that's more than... Then Todd calling. I said, that's, he has got geese coming in. Jim says, yeah, yeah, you can hear them. They're getting closer. And then all of a sudden we hear, kaboom, 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 kaboom. And I, I'm saying, hey, are you getting them? Are you getting them? And of course, the phone is sitting down by Todd. And then, and then he can, he says, I got a couple. How many did you get, Rick? Look, there's one there. Shoot that one. It's flying away. And, and then we were hearing all these voices. And then... In the distance, we can hear the splashing. He doesn't even come back to me yet. They're gone out to pick him up in the river. Priorities. Because it's the Thames River. And so we're driving. We're down the highway. The phone, I'm intent on this phone. Jim's listening because he's driving. And then Tom comes back all over breath. He says, hey, Dad, guess what? I said, you got some? Yeah, we had a good hunt. I said, I know. Jim and I just listened to the whole hunt on the phone. We got mallards that day, too. And it drove me nuts because I did. I heard the whole hunt on the phone. But we had to go in, and that field was covered in snow, so we brought some decoys on a sled. We walked across. We parked on the side of the road. We walked across that field with the sled and the decoys, crunching through the snow, and that was some work. Then we had, we, we didn't know how deep the Thames was right there, but we had to get to the other side. So me being the smaller one, Rick being 6'6", six, six, darn near 6'7", and like 280, sends me out. So I'm on the ice looking, going, ah, and where it was open, I was wearing waders. And so I, I kind of stuck my foot down and you could kind of see the rocks in the bottom. I'm like, we're okay. We're, we're all the way from side to side. You can see, you could see bottom. So we're all right. So we went to the other side. We broke out some more ice a little bit more threw the decoys down, put some goose shells down on the frozen ice. And man, those geese and ducks fly up and down that corridor. Like you would not believe we had one heck of a hunt. And I mean, they come in to land on that water and you just, they, they're, they're stalled right over top of you. Boom. And drop them now you can't hunt there anymore no but that's all i'll say about that well that's yeah. it that's all you need to say about that <laughs> allegedly we had a good allegedly, hunt yeah. Yeah. nothing, <laughs> nothing we did not not against the farmers or anything because we did no because because yeah was, wasn't a farmer no, no we, we we did have a couple of a good hunts right close there on a farm remember that yeah farm? well that's where we had permission and we just yeah. figured we're good to go well yeah. yeah but but hey all all all's well that ends well and mm -hmm. i'm being vague enough to say that it was a good hunt we've never hunted that spot again but wish but we <laughs> wish we could before that happened we had a couple of good hunts right in the farmer's field not on the river right in the farmer's field and i can remember coming home from work one night rick and uh, his friend chris abbott they wanted to go hunting geese and i said well i don't get off until you know uh, 4 35 o'clock but you guys get off earlier than that you can go and set up in the field and i'll get off as quick as i can and i'm coming from st mary's so i'm closer than you are i'll race to where you are and I'll join you. The only thing was that night uh, for supper, we were supposed to be at Rick's house and my daughter's. And so we were supposed to be there for a supper party. I, something was going on. I have no idea what it was. 
And so he told my daughter that him and Chris were going hunting. And she says, don't you be late from supper. You be home here by six o'clock at the latest because mom and dad and Todd and, and Jen and everybody's coming over for supper. I said, okay. He said, okay. So my wife says to me, remember, we're going over to Karis tonight. Don't you be stopping hunting anywhere on the way home. Oh, oh, I almost forgot about that, dear. So anyway, I'd already made arrangements to stop and hunt with them. So when I get to the farm, I pull in. They've got the decoys out. They're sitting there, and the geese are just getting ready to fly. And we we shot 15 geese that night. Chris and I, we shot 15 geese. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to get home. I got to get home and change. I said, Guys, pack up as quick as you can. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of cover for care until you guys can get packed up and get home. I'm going to go home and shower and change, and I'm going to your house, Rick. So get there as quick as you can. So I just raced home. What I didn't think about was I left them with the 15 geese. And so I get home, shower, change, go over to my daughter's, and she's scowling. I said, what's the problem? She says, I, every time I call Rick, he tells me they still got a few more geese to clean. And he's not home here yet. And I told him to get home. Well, I said, well, he's in town. They, they got geese. They can't leave. They got to clean them. And, I, I, and that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, I left them with 15 geese. And he's late. <laughs> and I'm not. And he's in trouble. And she, she gave him crap when he got in there. And he looked at me. I said, sorry, Rick. Like, I really said, sorry, Rick. I never even thought about leaving you with all those geese. He says, yeah, well, you did. <laughs> so, Convenient. Yeah. I will say, to relate to your brother, Jay, if you're listening, that is the first field that same field, not that hunt, but that same field that I learned how to take my trigger lock off with a screwdriver. You that right. yeah. and, and you did it once for Nick in the same field. In the same field. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He forgot his key. Because <laughs> it was it's about a forty five minute drive from where we are. There's no way you're going to find your, your trigger lock keys. It wasn't that yep. field, I don't think, was it that? It yeah, was same the field. same. We did it right by the house in the laneway <laughs> yeah. when we parked. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, that's yeah, where I learned to that for yeah. sure. That's where I learned you can pop that sucker off with a screwdriver right right easy. And the farmer used to say, well, when I saw you boys pull in, I pulled up a chair and sat right here in the kitchen window and I watched the show. And he said, did I ever enjoy watching you guys take them geese out of my field? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Two dinner, dinner and a movie. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. All of that happened <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure the statute of limitations is long since expired on anything I, that you I, just talked You know about. what? I think you're right. If it's so many years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I know now why there was so many geese in the area, Bill. Uh, you did, okay. Fair enough. That's all you need to say on that topic right there. <laughs> the farmer was not aware, but we found out. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly. 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 Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. He invited us in. He said, go get them. I want them out of there. So, yeah. Anyway. That's it for me. Todd is alive now. He's born and he's hunting. Well, the world is a better place, I guess, eh, Todd? Yeah. Now it is. <laughs> now we're getting to stories that are exciting. I don't know if I want to talk about fishing next week or 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 turkey hunting or anything. There's <laughs> things we can talk about. You just want to talk about you. That's what you want to talk about. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to sound cocky or arrogant or anything. That's it. Well, gentlemen, that was a good chat for tonight. And yep. I think we're out of time, but we great are. stories, Don. Great stories. Yeah, finally. Finally, we're getting to some good stories. <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, so next podcast, you're going to, I don't know, maybe we'll even have Pete and Petey and Kevin on. It's a possibility. We'll see how we'll see how the charter goes. Yeah, depends we, whether you want to talk about it or not. Yeah, right. We might be doing Days of Lead Volume Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we also got trout season coming up where we hunt trout. Mm -hmm. We don't fish trout. We hunt trout. We got to talk about That's that. Weird. And turkey hunting make it happen. Is we're getting we're gonna get crazy this year. So well, yeah. Yeah. Best of luck this Thursday there, Todd. Shoot me some pictures. Oh, buddy, trust on. me. I will keep you abreast of the situation. You better be ready with your phone bing bonging at like 5 30 AM. 
Yeah, I will well, document the whole great. thing. Do it because uh, it, it'll help me get through my day, and uh, uh, it'll be good to see some of the, the the fish and whatever you guys get up to on Thursday. So yeah, it'll be awesome. It'll be it's and it's going to be one heck of a day. I'm going to be up at like five in the morning to go fishing, and then I play goalie at 10 o'clock at night. So maybe I sneak a nap in. <laughs> yeah, I got it. You're right. I've been up <laughs> since five o'clock. Yeah, awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, Bill. Take, take, take care, care Bill. Talk to you again. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.